Do you love horror and fantasy? If so, don't miss out on Gabriella Balcom's novella Down With The Sickness and Other Chilling Tales. It'll have you shivering right on the edge of your seat. Dive right into these macabre horror stories, but be careful not to close your eyes. Evil lurks unseen, supernatural beings keep watch, and monsters lie in wait. Some plot vengeance while others crave human flesh. Crystal longs to be a rock star, but what would she do to make her dream come true? Lie? Kill? Elaine goes to extremes to be like Sonora, but isn't the only one wanting to be someone else. Betty struggles to breathe after Rodney blows smoke in her face, then he does worse. But the Watchers have something special in mind for him. Wahasi stalks through the swamp in crocodile form, infuriated at her lack of food. But she has a plan, and the townspeople better watch out. A brat. Brad defies his parents and tries to hurt his sister. But he's not the only bully around. Abner is delighted to visit Aogigahara Forest, which is rumored to be haunted. But Sharon isn't. Shane dares Angeline to spend the night in the Devil's Hand, which is supposedly cursed. Trisha is prideful about her looks and bullies a younger girl, but she has a surprise visitor. Life post-Covid included nuclear bombs and death. Cole, Vera, and Marianne have little left to eat and need to forage, but rovers are out and about and must be avoided at all costs. Dean likes pushing people around, but when he damages his grandfather Charlie's Venus flytraps, Charlie isn't the only one who's upset. Gabriella Balcom's book includes all of the above and more, and the readers have been gushing about her creations. Wow! Just freaking wow! I was deeply disturbed, loved every minute. Bravo! A masterpiece in the horror genre. Heartbreaking and devastating. Holy shit, that was so creepy. I loved it. I want more, more, more. Dang it. I got chills reading this story. Exciting and horrific. Multifacetedly disturbing. Very well written. If you're ready to sink your teeth into Gabriella Balcom's novella Down With The Sickness and Other Chilling Tales, click on over to Amazon.com now. And now, enjoy this free Jayzo Modcast show. Azeroth. Minton. Zindos. By torture of blood and bone, you are already well known. Your victim's fate is secretly sealed until all their secrets are revealed. I release you from your earthly bond. Go forward now, my evil friend. Mythmaster Beyond. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. 
everyone, I'm back from the dead. <laughs> I've been on a hiatus. I've been having all the wonderful diseases like COVID and the pox and Ebola. I've had them all. That's where I've been. But not dead. I'm still here. Ah, you're going to have to put up with me. So today we're going to come and give you a little more entertainment with our good friend from Dark Myth Publications, Jeff Young. I've captured him only this morning. He may be out of breath because, you know, I chase very well. Jeff, say hello to the children. How y'all doing? Oh, they're just fine, Jeff. <laughs> I can't say the same for you, though. It's good to have you back in the lair. I think the last time we talked was 2020. Apparently, you haven't learned your lesson. <laughs> nope. That's just fine. So, we're going to go into a few things today because inquiring minds love to know, and I just like to, you know, dig in your skull and see if there's actually anything in there. <laughs> so, how long have you actually been with the company itself, working for Dark Myth Publications? Well, working for them, um, off and on for like the past maybe three, four years, um, full time, so to speak, for about the past seven, eight months, um, doing general manager of MythMart, but altogether with the company since about 2006 oh, or seven, so it's been quite a long time I've been writing for them. That's good. So that means you have some dirty little secrets, don't you? <laughs> nah, oh, yeah. the laugh tells me everything. We'll get those out of you later. However, one of my favorite things is to put you on the spot about really random things. If you could improve one thing about the company you work for, Dark Myth Publications, what would that one thing be? Hmm? Uh, our customer base. We need a larger customer base. We need more people addicted to good stories and good artwork. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. So again, I like to add uh, more interesting conversations. If you could have, aside from what you're doing now, again, obviously the goal is, if you could uh, have one dream job, even if it's this particular one going into something else, what would that dream job be? Um, probably a full-time paid storm chaser. Ooh, you like to live life dangerously. <laughs> so you're basically in a mobile tank, and then you're going to anchor yourself to the ground, and hopefully an F5 tornado won't destroy you. Is that, is that the goal I'm, I'm hearing? Everything except for the mobile tank. I'm in a Dodge Charger that hopefully drives faster than what's chasing me. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you, you ultimately find out how fast that car can go uh, whenever you're being chased by a storm. That's nice. Uh, let's ask you, if you could make a movie, what would it be about? Uh, it would be a fantasy based mm -hmm. off 
of characters that I've created for my fantasy novel series. Fair, fair. And um, with that series, what would it be rated, just out of curiosity? Um, probably a good PG-13. Not necessarily rated R, but I could see it being rated R because I would like to have, you know, more of an adult theme, adult entertainment, not like, you know, nudity and such, but the violence and the talking, the stuff like that. Kind of like Marvel 2.0, where it's just a little bit more than Marvel, but a little less pointed towards children. I mean, everybody likes a little good violence. <laughs> Done correctly, violence is an art form, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's delve into some more things because reasons. What was the last book you read? Last book I read was uh, Star Wars Darth Plagueis. Really? <laughs> I love that you said that. I, of course, am a Star Wars man myself. Um, I actually have here on my collection, don't know if you've read it yet, but I'll go ahead and pull it down. It's uh, The Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader. This is uh, basically right after he got into the suit, and uh, it's amazing. So I made, that one's pretty old, correct? It's been around a while, just like me, yes. <laughs> then then I, may, I may have read it, because up until the new canon came out, where they changed everything with Disney buying it. I've pretty much read everything. And um, so Darth Plagueis, is that the one where, um, that's the one where he teaches Palpatine, is that, is that, yes, yes, okay. Uh, I haven't read that one, I've read The Rule of Two and a few others, um, but that one I think I is definitely on my list. What, in your opinion, is one book that every person should have read in their lifetime. <laughs> Pressure. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yes. Um, every, you mean every person as in every human being or every person that in a certain genre? Let me rephrase the question. What's one book you would recommend to people? Like, what's something that you've read that you feel that somebody should have, you know, picked up and said, hey, this is a good book. Like, in your opinion, what's a what's a good, meaty book? Doesn't matter. It could be any genre. Something that you feel, like Lord of the Rings, you know, Tolkien stuff. Right. I would have to say um, The Dragon's Eye from Stephen King. Ooh. I, I am going to have to back you on that because I personally read that book and it is, it, how do I want to say this? It takes fantasy and just turns it on its ah, rear end. And it, it's beautiful. It, it, there are moments in that book, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but there are moments in that book where, like, the descriptors of what's going on, you're just like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I'm not, uh, like, the hugest fan of Stephen King. Um, I like his stories. But his reading is kind of hard for me to read because he gets long-winded sometimes, and they're very intricate stories. But that one 
drew me in and kept me. I mean, I think I read the book in like three days. Yes, that that is also what happened to me. I I think a lot of people they read the mainstream things, and that is, if you ask me, it's a hidden gem um, because it is it's not. It's not typical horror, and I'm going to use the word horror slash suspense with that book um, because, again, things happen in there that are very, like, realistic, and you it it is well-written, and everything belongs in place for when he's doing this. Um, I love some of the secrets that come out in that book, so... Yes. Very nice. It does. So let's ask you a question. Um... Let's just say you're on death row. What would be your last meal? What would you request? Well, it would have to be a T-bone steak. Uh, well done. Nicely seasoned with garlic and bacon mashed potatoes and baked asparagus. Okay, yeah. That's it, all right. Um, so let's go ahead and ask. That was the main meal. Let's let's ask. Uh, let's go for a three course. What would you ask for an appetizer? Uh, an onion blossom. Ooh, like an outback steakhouse kind. Yeah. Yes. Very good choice. Now let's wind up this perfect meal. With a dessert before we send 40,000 volts of electricity through your body. I was kind of hoping for the gas chamber because if I ate all those onions, I'd have gas before the gas. We'd like give you your own gas. That'd be a hell of a way to go. <laughs> Fill you up with beans. Okay, so back to seriousness. Let's talk about the last dessert you'll ever eat. What's the last dessert you'd want to eat? French silk pie. Ooh, good choice. Good choice. Uh, I I do often wonder. I I guess I need to research this, but um, I wonder how long they wait after the last meal before they execute you. Obviously, you know they want to give you time to to reflect and you know digest your meal. Um, but yeah, I, that that's a really good one. Well, if it's anything like swimming, you gotta wait at least an hour. <laughs> You've got to wait an hour before we kill you because we don't want you getting a cramp. <laughs> uh, so well, let's go with another question. If you had the choice, how would you prefer to die? Oh, you asked me this last time, yeah. right? Last time I said I'd like to go out in a hail of bullets. Yeah. But. I think I've changed that now, mm-hmm. and I would rather go peacefully, laying in bed, probably watching episodes of Friends. That is an interesting switch. Like, that is completely opposite into the spectrum. What changed in two years? Uh, not as ornery as I used to be. <laughs> fair, fair. That's a good good answer. And I and I think that's something that um, comes with age, is more understanding. I, I always like to ask that question. And I'm, 
And I'm glad that you were upfront and, and like honest about changing your answer because a lot of people think they have to stick with that. And I'm glad you changed it um, because, you know, all we have to do is slip, slip you a nice little bit of medicine when you're in bed and you can, you know, go out watching friends however you want. <laughs> is there um, anything that you would like to promote of your writings? Uh, I'm not really much into self-promotion, but, um, the stuff I have on the World of Myth magazine is some of my favorite work. I, um, I've kind of taken a hiatus from writing for a little while, um, but the stories, the, the, um, fantasy stories I've been working on the Rising, which is on the magazine, and um, a character, his name is Draven. I've been working on his origin story, are really fun to write. Um, I wouldn't say they're my best work if I had any, but they're the ones that I'm really proud of. So if I had to promote any right now, it would be them. So the best way your loving fans can support you is to go to your article like it and comment on it uh, and that will you know obviously let you on the right path and your people can say hey comments right and and probably inspire me to really buckle down and start writing again and again people don't realize how important that is to even it takes 30 seconds to say hey i love this that's it that's all somebody needs uh, you know obviously in-depth review would be great but a fan saying, hey, I loved your story. It made me, you know, feel great. That'd be good for me. Um, yep. yep. You know, same thing is, you know, all the, all the millions of pounds of fan mail that I don't get really encourages me to kill more people. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, children, I suppose I should hand Jeff over to the more boring part of the interview when... We let our good friend Kevin step in and let Jeff off the hook. Oh wait, multiple hooks? Oh, I put all the hooks in this time. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, we'll, we'll let uh, Jeff uh, just go on to Kevin. And um, Till next time, I want you all to know that I'm always waiting, I'm always watching, and I'll be in your nightmares forever. <laughs> All right then. Well, Jeff's uh, good job on uh, talking to our good friend, the MythMaster. Um, this is Kevin Adams, and this is Beyond the Layer. Uh, this is the point where I step in as a normal human being um, with Jeff Young, the author here, and obviously he's doing a lot more on the side with Darth Mick Publications. So, uh, Jeff, again, welcome to my side of the show. <laughs> I get, I get see the. The relief and the, everything is kind of ah, okay good yes we're talking to a normal person right yeah good deal so um i like your choices of uh, of your last meal i kind of thought of that when i was inspired by somebody that does that now they they kind of go through uh, the last meal of people and i just thought that would kind of be interesting to kind of do and put somebody's in that frame of mind and that you know if you're eating one thing and this is your last meal 
um, what that would kind of be and I, I love watching the, the thought process on that <clears throat> well my my original thought was to go with um, like a golden corral all you can eat buffet <laughs> cause I could make that last forever <laughs> somebody once said that uh, you should uh, pick the shamrock shake and the McRib because there's so often they're not like coinciding when they're out and they always come out seasonally and you could just drag it on forever <clears throat> but I like that I my heart is with you and the all-you-can-eat buffet man I have I've messed up one of those more than I care to admit but uh, but yeah I mean that that's just like America in a in a nutshell is the all-you-can-eat buffet man that I think we like places um, like Golden Corral we used to have a Ryan's I think this was a I think remember um, what was a Ponderosa or Sizzler Ponderosa I believe is the steak place yeah I can't remember I think Sizzler one of those places used to do like an all-you-can-eat buffet type thing and I always liked how uh, people were like oh is there a salad bar like the salad bar matters come on we know what you're there for and uh, yeah where uh where we go and shoot for state darts in lacrosse wisconsin they have a exclusive it's it's not a chain it's an all-you-can-eat um steak buffet and i mean it's not just steak they have you know they they grill chicken anything that you want and it's reasonably priced and every year our little town we show up way over there on the opposite side of Wisconsin and we just destroy everything. I mean, I, they probably go through eight cows by the time New London's done. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I love that. Um, <clears throat> but I also think that a buffet, is, it's kind of one of those places that, you know, again, I'll say it's an art form because, you know, if you're anything like me, you, <laughs> you play to win. <laughs> you play to win. You know, I'm not eating crackers. I'm not eating any of the, the, you know, the carbs or the macaronis or the spaghettis. I'm going for the steak, I'm going for the chicken, the shrimp, all the high dollar items. I'm like, I'm playing to win. So yeah, the, ta the taco meat, you don't put any toppings on it. You just put it on your plate with a spoon. <laughs> yep. Yep. You destroy that and you destroy the desserts they have there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm a steak guy, man. I, I will eat steak, the fire out of it. Uh, we usually, every weekend, we, and again, we buy in bulk and whatnot, but we buy steak and we buy shrimp. And we always have steak and shrimp every week. We cook it ourselves. So, you know, cooking it ourselves, we save a ton of money because we can buy meat on sale, we can buy shrimp on sale. And I always tell people that story. I'm like, oh, we always eat steak and shrimp. And they're like, how do you afford that? I'm like, well, number one, we don't go out for it. <clears throat> <clears throat> because that's that's the biggest killer because you go to Ponderosa or whatever and uh, you're wherever I said Ponderosa <laughs> but like a steakhouse and you're paying for the staff you're paying for the cook you're paying for all this other uh, when you know I could take a $10 steak and, and make it taste like a $30 steak my own self and I, right oh we do that a lot too my wife actually this summer has been um, teaching herself to grill and I just kind of back off and let her do it because she's having a lot of fun. She's doing a really good job. She, uh, but I will have to say, as of right now, the best steak I've ever had came from a restaurant. It's she's come close to beating it, but um, you know of Texas Roadhouse? Yep. Yep. At the one in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I ordered it a special way because I wanted it a little more seasoned than they usually do. 
and they did it. I mean, it was melt in your mouth, tasted perfect. I, I, I actually tipped the waitress and the chef because it was so good. All right, so here, here's a couple things because I'm, I'm a, I'm a food guy, 100%, um, and I agree with you. Um, food always tastes better when somebody else cooks it, <laughs> especially a professional. So. Yes, I cook steaks at home, but if you say, hey, we're going to a steakhouse, pick me, pick me, pick me, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> um, so a couple of the best meals I've had uh, were actually at a place called Carabas. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's an Italian eatery, and they have a chicken dish called the Polo Rosemaria, and it is a chicken dish that is so flavor, it tastes like steak, like 100% like amazing it's got a sauce on it and mushrooms the whole and I that's the only way I will voluntarily eat mushrooms is on that dish and I'm not a mushroom guy <clears throat> but they've done so well in flavoring it and cooking it that's one of the, that's one of the best dishes um, another one is the uh, I think it's a double cheeseburger in Blue Ash Ohio it's like a yeah it's a it's a Blue Ash chili is what the name of it but they're chili especially you know, it's a six-way chili with jalapeno poppers on it, and it's amazing. Huh. Uh, but my my goal is to, I don't know how I'm going to like it, because I'm always kind of leery, um, because it has to be cooked right, but I would like to try the Kobe, or the Wagyu beef, I think it's called, but it's that real fine, marbleized Japanese Wagyu steak. I'm curious about that, because again, of all the marbling and then fats flavor and that kind of thing. So, right. But uh, that's kind of like one of my goals is to at least try that once uh, as a steak guy. Of course, I have to realize that my American palate may not like what the you know the Wagyu gives me, but at least I've tried it uh, and gone from there. So. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I can't say though as far as restaurants go, I am a sucker for the small town bar burger. Yep. Yep. They, I don't know what it is about a small town bar when they make burgers, but oh man. Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't know how to say it properly, but I think it's because they don't have like a lot of uh, outside expectations. Like people come in already with low expectations and uh, since they're not a chain, you know, they don't have to worry about like what people may think of them. They just make good food. And yeah, I'll tell you that like some of the best meals I've had are little places that are like off the road out of the way it's some guy serving barbecue in his backyard and he just decided to chase the american dream and serve food to people and it's killer it's absolute yeah. killer i mean i one of my favorite things to do when i'm when i shoot dart tournaments is first question i ask is do they serve food <laughs> <laughs> right right no doubt um so let's talk a little bit real quick about your last meal. So you wanted the Bloomin' Onion from the Outback Steakhouse. That is that is a really unusual appetizer, but it's a it's a lot of food, uh, really good. Um, I think it's one of those things that they learned how to make it cheaply and charge deeply. Um, but it's worth it. You know, again, food's always better. You can make it at home, but I think the restaurants are just a way of spoiling yourself. Um, I'm not talking about McDonald's. I'm talking about something that, you know, is higher end where, you know, actually have chefs. And I know that McDonald's has their own chefs. But 
Um, not in the sense that I want a burger and fries. You know, we've got a line cook who's, you know, maybe 18 years old, but he's a good kid and he's paying his way through college, that kind of thing. Different story altogether. <clears throat> so, so the blue moon. Uh, the, the other choice would have been for um, there's this um, bar slash restaurant in Deadwood, South Dakota. I go to Deadwood, South Dakota every year. And we go to the same restaurant, and I get their fried pickles. Oh, yeah. Fried pickles are amazing. I, I agree with you. Um, just to throw this out there, again, I don't know how much you're a foodie or what you like to try in your own time. But th if you ever find these little miniature waffle makers, they're called dashes, mini dashes. People are now making what are called chaffles, which is like melted cheese inside of a waffle maker. Ah. So you get your little, you know, waffle maker, it's a little mini dash, you put your cheese in there, you put a couple pickles in there, you close that dude up, and now you have fried cheese and pickles inside of it. Fried cheese is always good. Oh, I know, right? It gets nice and crispy. <clears throat> so yeah, good choice on the, on the Bloomin' Onion. I think that's a very good appetizer. That's, I think one of those, it's one of those that a lot of people, it comes to their mind um, whenever you think about appetizers. I can't really think of one off my head that has like the same kind of prominence that one does um when now we're going to move on to steaks when you thought about that that t-bone um well done so obviously you like it that way and with the garlic butter i think you said was it on it like some kind of butter just just good seasoning right um there's one from applebee's called the bourbon street steak that has like this garlic butter stuff on it oh, it's so, yep i've got it it's so good like melt in your mouth good but, uh, but yeah, T-Bone, nice and American. Uh, you said bacon, bacon mashed potatoes, I think, something along those bacon. lines. Yeah, the bacon mashed potatoes with sour cream um, is always really good to add a little cheese maybe to it. So I, I noticed that you tried to get a little bit of healthy in there by saying asparagus. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so um, Again, I'm assuming asparagus is one of your favorite vegetables. Absolutely. I love asparagus. Uh, baking it is the best, but I'll eat it cooked any way it comes. Good deal. So let's talk about one last thing. What? Um, where did your love of French silk pie come from? I'm not a huge chocolate fan. Um, it's Chocolate to me is... Well, it's good, but I could get heartburn from it real easily. But something about French silk pie, the chocolate is smooth, the taste is smooth, the texture is smooth. It's almost like eating pudding to a point. It's just everything about it. I mean, my mom used to make it growing up, and that might be part of the big, you know, attraction to it was whenever mom made it was for a special occasion. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think, uh, again, sometimes food is more about an emotional connection and a, uh, a memory connection in that, you know, this is what originally when I had this, you know, dessert, um, and I could tell a story that's very uh, related to that is my dad was, you know, a six foot four Kentucky oak, like tree of a man, but we, we went to his aunt's house one time and she made him a chess pie. And I've never seen this man act more like a kid than he did at that moment. Like, it was out there on the counter and the next thing we know, it's missing. And 
he like we knew he was lying out of his face when he was talking to us saying i haven't but of course with a giant smile i don't know where it went i i have no clue where it went so we all knew that he stole that chest pie from his auntie and she had made a backup because she pie he he hid it in the trunk he later admitted it to me that he hid it in the trunk and he did not share so but but uh but yeah i think if if food is made by a loved one or at some point for a special occasion then that kind of becomes uh ingrained in your memory as as a food that you personally love because again number one it's your taste buds attach it with that memory or something that like that um so yeah i think i have a few i have a lot of favorite desserts and i'm glad you you kind of dialed in on one really quick because you know dessert is dessert is dessert and uh, I'm not a chocolate guy myself, just to let you know. You are, you are not alone in that. I'm not a huge chocolate guy. Uh, there are chocolate dishes that I think are amazing, um, if done correctly. But I've never been a huge chocolate guy. Just just not. Now, now snickerdoodle cookies? Um, yeah, I'll hurt somebody over a snickerdoodle cookie. <laughs> my, my wife's chocolate chip cookies. Mm. I, I could devour those. And her pumpkin pie. Um... I'm usually the first one in the kitchen waiting for the oven to ding because I could eat that whole pie just yeah I, I think there's a there's a there's a huge difference I think the risk is worth the reward we'll say that first <laughs> both <laughs> both the wrath of your wife and the heat of the pie you know get out of that but I think there's a huge difference in it and those of us that are eaters kind of know there's a huge difference between a fresh hot pie one that's sat for a minute and a cold pie um, three different wavelengths and and again the flavor changes whether you want to admit it or not it changes um, you know that that first piece of scolding hot pie oh yeah well now it's you know dinner time and it's on the table well, I'm gonna have me a second piece and if there's any left over well great that's breakfast for the next morning <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean the taste is going to get worse, but you're right. It does taste a little bit different each time. But pumpkin pie is one of those you don't throw in the microwave and reheat oh, either. No. I mean, no, 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 no. That's I think that's a state law just about everywhere in America. You can't reheat pumpkin pie. You could probably heat it up a little bit in the oven or maybe even an air fryer. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't think I've ever gone through the trouble of reheating a piece of pumpkin pie. I would rather just take it cold. Something tells me it would turn into either jello or really runny pudding <laughs> probably man yeah you don't you don't want that disaster on your hands you'd be sad and you know i we don't often talk about sad moments in food but i have had sad moments um oh yeah i will say that one of my personal like i'll call it a pet peeve i guess is like when you go to eat somewhere and you know it's something they're famous for so you eat it and it's like fifteen, sixteen dollars, and you're eating it, and it's like you're not full. I that's it was a decent amount of food, but it was like you're not full, and some part of you isn't like satisfied about the meal. It wasn't that they did anything wrong; the food was good, but the portion was just a wee bit off, and so now you're still just a tad hungry. And I think that's I guess that's more of an American problem than anything. <laughs> but well, yeah, my, my daughter and I. Um, years and years ago when she was younger we went out to eat we were staying at a hotel and we went to their five-star restaurant and it was a steakhouse and i i had money 
at the time, so I thought I'd splurge on myself and her, and I got this expensive steak. It was like almost 30, like 32, $33 steak. I'm all excited, looking forward to it, waiting for it, waiting for it, and I swear when it showed up, it was the size of a hockey puck. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's got to be hard. I, I, I mean, and I stared at it, and I thought, I've got three pieces of asparagus, I've got a hockey puck to eat, and a tablespoon of potatoes. And it just broke my bank. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's play onto that disappointment. Let's just say, and I've seen this before, you know, somebody else at your table ordered chicken fingers. <laughs> that's it if they just ordered chicken fingers and out on their plate is eight of the most delectable crunchy looking chicken fingers and a mound of french fries and a side of coleslaw and like a veritable feast for like ten dollars yeah and her <laughs> friend got um grilled cheese which came on like texas toast and and then, you know, you're having that little sad moment to yourself, and you can hear the little violin. Yeah, as my daughter and her friend are over there just laughing and laughing. Yeah, yeah, no, I I mean, it's it's nice to, to know that experience exists outside of your own life. <laughs> not not that you want it to happen, but yeah, I I've, that's how I know about that, because I've, I've been in those self-same shoes, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to eat my hockey puck. And then I'm gonna go cry. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, we're running to Jimmy John's. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna fill up the rest of the gaping hole that is my stomach. Great. Okay, so um, you said you're on a writing hiatus. Is that something that you're still on? No, I'm actually breaking out of it now. Um, there's a project coming up that I got in, invited to an anthology that. Um, Dark Myth is working on that I'm I'm gonna participate in, and I have been doing um, fan fiction for a website um, that we've created a bunch of friends and I for a video game we play. So I've been practicing up on that writing fan fiction for the video game. So I'm I'm, I'm breaking loose. My fingers are working across the keyboards again. Um, and I've been going back through some of my older stuff and editing just to teach, you know, get myself back into the frame of mind of being in that world, being in the, the other worlds and, um, just participating in that, in that form. Okay. Um, so moving forward, uh, where would you like to see yourself in five years? I would like to have at least, I'll, I'll be realistic, at least two of my many novels finished that I have on the docket that I'd really like to do. Mm -hmm. And speaking to that, do you feel like people can still not only A, get published, but B, become successful authors in today's digital world? I think it's difficult. Um, it can be very difficult, but um, stranger things have happened. Um, 
it's still it, it, it's still possible to break out and get out there and you know get your work well known. Um, I'm not looking to become rich and I, I should say famous. It'd be cool to be well known author. Um, is it ever going to make me rich? I don't know. Um, but I just want to entertain. So the more people that we could get to read, and that's part of what I'm, I, I do for um, Jay Zoman and the world of myth is trying to get our product out there, trying to figure out a way of getting books back into people's hands. Mm -hmm. and, um, and again, there's, there's the whole spectrum of debate. Um, and again, I've been on board for like a little longer than I can remember, but... Um, I prefer myself, if I had my rathers, I would have a book in hardback. I just think there's something about the romance of a hardback, the feel of a hardback. Oh, you, you, you cut out on me again. <laughs> I, I, okay, um, I was just saying that um, the feel of a hardback is one that's the best. Um, the smell of it, all of the things that are around a hardback. I don't mind a paperback. Um, I just think that they get a lot of wear and tear if they're well loved I guess that's the that's the thing I was saying there digital products uh, man I, I think Stan Lee best said it when he's like you know comic books and media are a lot like you know boobs they look really nice on the computer but it's nice to have them in your hand more so <laughs> something along okay. those yeah he said it's nice yeah he said something along those lines so I was like I have to agree with them I'd rather have them in my hands than than on a tablet uh, so I agree with him in that aspect. <clears throat> right. but, well, and but I do have to I do have to admit that audiobooks have their place. Yes, I agree with that. Yep, um, that's why podcasts also exist. Is that you know maybe you're pulling a ten-hour shift, and that podcast that you listen to every day at one o'clock is what kind of gets you through two hours of of your job or. You know, like you said, an audiobook. Let's say, again, you work a 10-hour shift. This audiobook is six to eight hours long. You know, with a couple breaks, you've got your day covered. And it's yours to listen to as many times as you want. Uh, so, you know, if it's a self-help book or any you know anything along those lines, it's good to have that in your head. Kind of, even if it's subconsciously, you're at least escaping from where you're at. You're, you're, distract, you're distracting your brain for just a bit, kind of fooling it into going to this other place. Um, yeah, because I'm a, I'm a big podcast guy. I, I do listen to a podcast and one. I've tried to listen to a couple others, um, but I really only have one that I, that I truly love. And I still like, um, what's the word? I don't really, uh, <laughs> I don't really listen to the advice it gives me. I just like hearing... I just like hearing how they solve problems for people, um, and I do my best to kind of live that lifestyle, but I don't necessarily follow the rules myself. So, <clears throat> anyway. so let's talk to a younger writer out there, or somebody who's creating art, or somebody who might want to just kind of follow in, in the footsteps of a creator. Um, you know, I get I will call will include all media. Uh, even TikTok, which is just crazy. Um, you know, I've even thought about creating for them. But my problem with TikTok is that there are lots of trolls. Um, and I don't like to cast out to trolls. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm wrong. I guess if you 
get on TikTok, you got to be prepared for them. But I would prefer to kind of like speak to some people with open minds and and help people, uh, you know, let that way is like entertainment. But um, I guess you know it's kind of like anything you do. People can always criticize it. I guess it's just easier for people on TikTok because you know since it's the internet, they feel that they're shielded. Uh, yeah. So. It's the anim, anonymity. Yeah. I know what you mean, and you're probably kind of close. I, I don't know anonymity, anonymous, anonymous. Yeah. Anonymous. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's talk to that person for a minute. What would you say to somebody who uh, says, "Hey, I'm stuck," or "Hey, I want to get into X"? What, what would you, what advice would you give to a future writer or a future creator? Well, I've got, this is a perfect question, because I've got a future writer on my hands. My daughter is, 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 she's, she's going to be a future writer. She is very good. She's got awesome ideas. But I tell her all the time, you've got to continue to practice. She's got her main storylines that she really wants to write. But I always tell her, stop, go back. Think of different stories. Practice writing stories where you don't care if they make it or they don't. Um, just, just you know, practice your style. Practice your 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 structure, your dialogue, however you want to do it with things that you don't care about. Wow. Um, that makes and sense. And those may be the things that become really big to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would suggest, and this is crazy, but try poetry. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also a mental exercise, and, and this one's for free kids. Um, I would suggest learning to write Japanese haikus. Because not only is it poetry, but it's poetry that you have to think about how to craft it. Um, you know, there are ones that are, you know, we got the typical five syllable, seven syllable, five syllable try that look up the word haiku and it's like i said you've got the first line is only five syllables the second line seven the third line five that's all you get that is it yep. so you have to try to figure out what you want to say how you want to say it and then there's restrictions on that so i think a good mental exercise and you might want to just pop this one on your daughter just for fun a good exercise for any writer is again not only poetry but a haiku and I've probably written and forgotten more haikus in my life than I have you know, anything else because they're they're fun, they're quick, they're fun, and they're over with, but I don't think I've ever written a single one of them down. There may be one on Facebook about bacon <laughs> floating, <laughs> floating around somewhere, but... Uh, uh, I've, I've definitely tried it, but I can count on my right hand and... My right hand only has four fingers. Right. So I can count on my right hand how many haikus I've ever written. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I bet, yeah, that is a super cool way to, again, mentally challenge yourself. But, uh, you know, going back to what you said about your daughter's uh, ideas, and you might even express this to her, but all these throwaway stories and throwaway characters, they could eventually be filler for her primary story. Because every story needs people to get killed off. You just have to change the names to people that the characters in her book know. Uh, yeah, the, the one thing that I think a lot of authors, and I know I never gave it thought until after I started writing, were what movies consider extras. Mm-hmm, right. Or the red shirts. 
<laughs> for, for all you Trekkies out there. Um, okay, so we've covered just about everything, and I did come up with one more question before I let you go, because I think Inquiring Minds to Know, because you mentioned it, and I forgot to ask about it, because you forget about it. So tell us, good Jeff, what did happen to your finger? Mm. Oh, um, well, depends on who I'm talking to. <laughs> no. One, I had one lady convinced an alligator bit it off because I fell asleep <laughs> on the Florida beach. That's, uh, I and like there that was a lawnmower accident. But actually what happened is I have a um, kind of like a tendon disease, and the finger got bent and pulled together so bad that we couldn't do surgery to fix it so the only option really was to to remove it so uh a year ago i had it amputated and my dart game got better i can type faster <laughs> so actually i it enhanced my life there you go the positives the positives um real quick because again my mind goes there did you have like a phantom pain for a little bit, like a phantom finger? All the time. Yeah, I yeah. still get it. That's awesome. Not, not you know, not in that sense, but it, again, no, it is really weird. <laughs> for those people that haven't had anything like that happen, I'm, I'm curious about that. But yeah, all right. So I think that's just about our time. We've kind of went just a hair over, but that's okay. Um, you know, this show is free, so you get what you you know people say you get what you pay for. Um, so again, I just want to say thank you for sitting down with me uh, to kind of talk about everything and uh, always appreciate your company and uh, look forward to maybe kind of like meeting you over in Vegas one of these days uh, again. Probably, we'll probably fly into California the next time we meet, but uh, you know, if Dave can ever do something else uh, with a con, you know, and we ever kind of get to hang out again, uh, my wife still kind of talks about how nice you were, so she was saying hi to you the other day. She remembers you so vaguely, not vaguely, but very, very um vividly that's the word i was looking for but uh again yeah jank i uh, just want to say thank you and uh jeff you're an awesome person so uh absolutely thank you very much for having me on all right man we're going to go ahead and let you go i'm going to stop <laughs>